are back. Welcome in to another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. It is Thursday, August 10th, and uh, if you... If you ever, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe what this past week in Jets World was. It was very, um, like the first time, and sorry to all of Teddy's family who's listening to this. It's like your first time that you discover uh, porn. Um, Because (laughs) if you're a Jets fan, you just were like overloaded with internet content and and hard knocks and one Jets drive, the preseason game. It was just like that opening the door to an entire world of, 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 great content so um yeah that's a that's a weird way to start off the show but that's what it felt like welcome in we're gonna go over all those things today the preseason game one jets drive hard knocks uh before we get to all of that make sure to follow us on twitter at nyj underscore chasing 69 same as the youtube channel teddy at teddy huncho i'm at spring blake uh teddy was it was it like finding porn for you as well too for the first time i know you were like 19 years old when you got there i'd say i say you know, it was similar. I think he nailed it with the podcast intro this week. I think that that's, that's really gonna that's, that's really gonna crush. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get a lot of people tuning in for the five. Yeah, that no, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. It's it, it it's our brand, you know. LOL. But um, no, I mean it was awesome. I I, I was trying to. It, it, it's like a it's like an explosion or like a parade is what it feels like. And it's to be honest, I'm I'm getting very stressed out because like true everyone keeps saying it but like truly like the expectations couldn't be higher the hype couldn't be higher you know and like all the things that you know you could complain about like oh they're not giving Aaron Rodgers enough credit it's like well if you look in the national media right now Aaron Rodgers is getting a ton of credit and you know is being considered a top five quarterback pretty regularly and you know everyone thinks he's a great guy and you look at you know Sauce Gardner I used to always be like yeah, Sauce Gardner, he's the best. You know, he's only played one year, but he doesn't get enough recognition. It's like this dude just got 23rd on the top 100 list voted by NFL players. You know, like the hype is there. These guys are getting the recognition they deserve. And that is exciting, but also extremely scary to me. Like watching Hard Knocks, which we'll get in, which premiered last night when we're recording this, um, it is it was just like, wow, like the hype really is real, you know, and it's exciting that there's a reason to have it, but I'll be completely honest. I'm getting a little bit scared. Well, there've been a lot of times in recent history for you guys as well, too. I I don't think there's been this level of hype because this is a very different circumstance, but there've been times where you have bought yourself into a new franchise quarterback, you know, a Zach Wilson or a Sam Darnold, or there've been things that have made you excited about the upcoming jet season. And then it just falls flat on your face. Right. (laughs) And that's the big difference is the quarterback. It's like, we used to always be like, oh, we have, you know, all these things to be excited about. Hopefully our quarterback can be fine. You know, now it's like, all right, our quarterback's pretty good. Like let's roll. And you know, it's like those nervous jitters before the game. Like I'm just excited to get it rolling and hopefully we can, we can hit our stride and, and, and ball. Cause I'm just trying not to celebrate in the off season, I guess, is what I'm trying to do. But it's been an awesome week to answer your question. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been super fun. This is really the the welcoming back into the football season. Um, you know, we're we're just a you know uh, we're what less than a month away from the first game of the the regular season. Yeah, yeah. Um, month from by the time that this comes yesterday. out, we're a month from you know this Friday from the Jets' first game against the Buffalo Bills Monday Night Football. That is going to be can't miss. 
um yeah we're, we're officially here it's it's exciting we just finished a dynasty rookie draft yet another one earlier like we we're we're fully in the swing of things and we're more so for the jets than anything as well too because we got this added weekend um we got that added weekend as well too because the jets were playing in the uh, hall of fame game um so for to transition into that to start things off uh teddy we spoke about this before. I wasn't as in tune with the preseason game. Um, you d- were. You were a dedicated yeah, you know man. I watched despite every play, despite being on a family vacation, like you guys sat down. Did your family? It watch was it like you? It, it. It was like a. a and and I didn't make this happen. Like to me, it uh-huh. was just like I'm gonna watch the game. I'm sure my my family. You know, my brother and dad will be interested. And but like it was like my mom had a plan. She was like, oh, so on Thursday. We're going to go out to dinner a little early and then we'll be back, you know, by seven to watch the pregame and then we'll all watch the game. Like it was That's literally awesome. like I a love scheduled that. part of vacation. You know, we sat in our Airbnb and we just watched the Jets preseason game, you know, which was which was hilarious. And it, and the Hall of Fame game is always kind of funny because you kind of just watch and you're like, oh, look, football's back. There's live football happening. And then you tune out. But when it's your team, you know, and, and, and you got things to talk about and, and kind of guys on the edge of the roster. It's actually pretty fun. So I watched the whole game, watched them take that lead, you know, in the first half, they really did look decent enough. The defense was playing lights out with two turnovers. Yeah. Um, I think they were up what 16, 16, seven at the end of the, at the end of the half. And then, you know, basically just did nothing at all in the, in the second half with their third stringers out there um the the quarterback uh out of ucla thompson robinson kind of balled out for the browns um i didn't really care that that they you know didn't come back and win it would have been nice to win but um it was a good time and and and, you know i think overall they looked good and the defense looked good and it was all backup so like whatever yeah, I, especially for the Jets in this situation where you have four preseason games, like that first one, like the preseason, everybody now has kind of shifted the narrative where maybe you put your starters out for, you know, the the final preseason game. And and even in the Jets case, like we probably will not see Aaron Rodgers on the field once, I would assume, correct? So like there there has been this transition in terms of what the preseason has become. Um, It's really more so figuring out how you get from 90 players down to 53 and you give those, you know, 47 or 37 the extra shot and that you get more opportunities for them out there during these live games to earn those spots and we're going to get into a couple of those guys too because there were a few names at the bottom of the depth chart that really stood out um but you know i i'm still someone that i i don't give a flying fuck about preseason i really do not because and more so the outcome of the game i like are, are we going to be kicking ourselves here because, you know, Hall of yeah. Fame game, the Jets blew a, a 16 to seven lead? No, that doesn't show anything about this team. Everybody that was on the field for that second half for most people on the field, that second half will not be playing in the regular season. They might get a few snaps on there every once in a while, but the important players are are holding themselves out. And for good reason, because the preseason just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, yeah. But to uh, yeah, to talk uh, so, about some of the oh, you got some. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I want you to take me on a journey through the preseason, through the eyes, the scouting eyes of Theodore no, yeah. yeah, so you know, not much to take away, but obviously, there's always things you can see. Yeah, um, just a couple things. You know, our boy Izzy Abanaconda, the the running back. Um, he was the number one running back that suited up 
Um, and he got the touchdown scored. He, you know, went nine for 27 on the day, but looked pretty good. Looked pretty fast, twitchy, um, had like a, a, I don't know, 11 yard, 10 yard touchdown run where he scampered to the outside, just kind of outran everyone to the edge. So that was good to see. Um, the defense had two turnovers, um, interception from what's his name? Uh, Chaz got one, right? Sorry. I'm looking at it right here. Oh, yeah. Interception from Chaz Surratt, who is the, you know, linebacker who you guys all probably saw in Hard Knocks. Um, He had actually a really good game. He's wearing number 55. One of the first guys I noticed just continuously making plays and was out there a decent amount. So um, you can kind of tell if you watch Hard Knocks, which we'll get into, you can kind of tell he's Salah's guy. Salah loves him a lot. Um, So I I have a feeling that guy's going to be making the team after after the way he looked. He's one of those hard knock stories where it's like, okay, we got the Aaron Rodgers and all that. And then they hone in on Chaz Surratt and you're like, right. oh yeah, this is the boy. He's right. such a funny, and hard knocks led into it as well too, to describe it so well. But I remember he came out, I believe it was two drafts ago from North Carolina. And the story was, you know, he went to UNC to play quarterback and they just didn't have room for him. I, wow. I don't know if at the time it was, it was before Mitch, it was after Mitch Trubisky was there, but he just wasn't getting on the field at the quarterback position there. Um, and so he switched to linebacker and he ended up being a second or third round pick. Um, I forget where he ended up first, but yep, now here with the Jets and and seems like he's going to have a pretty prominent role there on Hard Knocks too. Yeah, but he, that's he crazy. Did, he did have a really strong game and in, in, in showed off. Um, Definitely. I didn't realize that. That's I mean, I, that gives me more confidence for him because he's probably still pretty raw. And yeah. with a guy like Salah coaching up linebackers, I mean, who knows? And, and you know, right now we're talking about Chas Surratt as a guy, you know, who's trying to make the roster. And, and we have confidence in Jamie and Sherwood to be that linebacker to, to fill in uh, and fill that third starting role. But, you know, that doesn't mean it's not an open competition. And that doesn't mean maybe this guy makes some more noise, you know, with the favor that coach is able to, to get on the field a decent amount. Um, I think the big story from the preseason game you know, which I saved for the last, but it's what everyone was talking about. It was the easy, you know, intro for the for the uh, broadcast team. And that's Zach Wilson, you know, who got a start. And yeah, he went three for five for 65 yards. One of that came on just a 50-yard bomb yeah. to Malik Taylor down the sideline. Um, my big takeaway about Zach Wilson in this game is that, like, Jets fans will do anything to spin things positively. Like everyone is so excited about this Zach. Oh, he looked great. You know, you look at the stat line three for five, 65. He was nice and efficient, like whatever. But, but it's like, he really didn't look all that great. He made, you know, two completions and then a bomb, which Aaron Rodgers literally told him as the play was starting or right before, Hey, throw it to this guy. Um, So to me, like, Zach Wilson didn't do anything really to impress me. I think a lot of that was kind of the consensus after the game. Like, oh, he looked good. He looks more confident. I I didn't really see it. I thought he looked pretty bad. He fell, you know, trying to run for a first down, you know, missed a couple throws. But, you know, it's one game, so I'm not going to hold it against him. But I, I the Zach Wilson thing, I, I'm I'm really getting turned off on Zach Wilson the more I watch. I just really don't believe in him interesting see now and we'll talk about it in hard knocks because they did spend some time on there as well too and maybe we can just have the conversation now we might as well since we're on the topic of it like i I don't know i i i i'm not done with him 
I'm, I'm not. I I'm think, not saying I'm. I'm well, not saying I'm here with him in 2023. I'm not here with him in 2024. But if he sits for two years behind this and has a consistent thing, like you know, I, I don't know if he came out and said this or if it was brought up in an interview after a practice. Um, but you know, he talked about the you know how it feels to have maybe like a more confident or you know. He just has support offensively. You know, it's tough when you're a defensive-minded head coach and you draft this raw quarterback prospect at number two overall, and and Lafleur is a first-time offensive coordinator, yeah. and he doesn't really have that veteran backup. That's like, you know, he had Flacco, but Flacco and him are almost polar opposite types of quarterbacks. So, how can you really teach him? And had him after him you know, nine training camp, exactly too. So, like, you've got Hackett in here who. I, I can't wait to talk about during hard knocks when we get to that part, because I just, you know, that was one of the storylines I'm most excited about to, you know, really tap into. Um, but to have Hackett there who has done well with different types of quarterbacks and then to have Rogers who stylistically does a lot of the same stuff um, in terms of throwing motion, like Zach Wilson modeled his game off of Aaron Rodgers. So I, I'm not, I'm not giving up on him. I'm not saying I want him on the field over the next two seasons, but you know, no, we brought and, him back on a cheap fifth year option at the time and, and we find the fifth year. And I just I'm with all that. I really am. And, and, and but here's my point is that that everything you just said is the e that's the easy storyline. It's what we all thought, you know, when when we signed to Aaron Rodgers and yeah. like it's like this is going to go well and potentially that will happen. But <laughs> I'm in this kind of state like frame of mind where you know it's easy to be like oh he has Aaron Rod oh look at Zach Wilson he's making no look passes like he's confident he's he's gonna be awesome and then you know what's gonna happen if Aaron Rodgers has to come out for a few plays and the same old Zach Wilson is back that's all I'm saying I'm just not really like bought in I, I just am saying one like at this time which probably fans agree with me but I think the hype yeah is just getting a little out of control it's it, I'm not yet back in on like, oh, Zach Wilson is going to be just fine and we're going to be good. It scares me that he's our backup, to be honest. Hmm. I guess the point is you look at his stats, three for five for 65 yards. It was one 50 yard bottom, which was awesome. I'm happy he made it, but it's not like he played this awesome game. It was like three great throws. You know, it was a couple good throws that were like whatever. And then a bomb. Here's here's what I'll say, I guess, then just my my taking those and trying to fit that into a sentence. We saw basically everything we had seen from Zach Wilson before. We haven't seen necessarily any significant steps right. forward. We've right. seen him make some really great deep balls. He won in, in college at BYU. His deep accuracy was insane. In his first season, you remember that That's Buccaneers game? He had yeah, a launch like that, he was great yeah. at that. And what we said coming into last regular season was like, keep it simple, stupid. We want to see the consistent throwing motions. And he had a few misses in there as well, too. He slips on the run, which that turf, and we'll talk about the turf more when we move on to our guy Makai in a second. But, you know, I, I think we can say like, look, he was it, it, five passes. We, we, we're not going to learn I'm just being anything. a hater, but I know. <laughs> I just want the world to know where I stand with Zach Wilson. I, I, I'm fair. not yet back, bought back in. But I'm not giving up let's on Let's move you, on to Makai, yeah. who <laughs> I'm yet to give up on, but I'm very confused about. Well, you did give up on him. But I'm still not fully there yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> You're getting there. Like Here's Allen. the deal with Makai. He was supposed to play 20 to 25 snaps in this preseason game. That was all the news. He's going to go out there, play 20, 25 snaps, get him back out there, get him, you know, feeling what it's like to be in a game 
And, you know, after seven snaps, he comes out of the game and is done. And in the moment, I'm thinking, you know, oh, he got injured. Like, are you kidding me? Like, is this really serious? And it turns out that's not what they say happened. What they say happened, and this is a quote from Makai. He said, the turf isn't friendly for people with my size and my, my type of injury. And, you know, the, the turf at Canton and the Hall of Fame game is notoriously known for not being very good and not being very stable and kind of causing in, injuries and players have complained about it and things like that. But so he basically says he decided to pull himself early, get him out of the game, not risk anything. And, you know, in, in some further quotes, he said, this is my new normal. I'm going to have days where it's painful. I'm going to have days where it's not painful. And to me, he's everyone's basically trying to come out of here like, oh, Makai's fine. He's good. He's going to be just fine. But he just didn't trust the turf. And to me, that's just a little odd. Like, I do get it. But if you can't go out there and play 20 to 25 snaps, you know, and, and feel like you are not going to injure yourself, like, aren't you still injured? Like, I, I, to me, it's not really adding up how he's going to be able to play a game if he needs to pull himself. But I guess I understand the turf is just notoriously bad. Um, the last thing I'll say, though, on those seven plays that he was in, I mean, he was perfect. It, it, it was seven good reps. He, you know, he didn't get beat. He blocked his man. It, it really does show you like this is can still be that guy, you know, though, who we saw in the first 10 games of his rookie season. But to me, seeing him come out of the game after seven plays when you're only supposed to play 20, it, it, it that bothered me and just it, it, it puts up my antennas of like, should this be a problem? Should this be something I'm worried about? Do you agree with my worries here? So I was I was hoping we'd get some insight from like a Sala quote, but all we have on it was he's fine. It's just again he's got to build confidence in that knee and be able to push through whatever he might be feeling. Push through whatever he might be feeling, and confidence. I'm I I'm trying to figure out what exactly Makai's issue is. And I'm wondering, like he said, he pulled himself. Like, do you think he yeah. just went up to the coaches and yeah. was like, and "Hey, said, I'm not feeling I'm it." Not- yeah, like a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent what he did. And it, to me, it still sounds like, you know, Makai is only interested in playing if he's going to be a starter. And Sala has been telling him this entire time that he needs to earn that starting role. And clearly he's not comfortable. You know, I, I think, I think Makai almost sees the writing on the wall now where the jets are going to be trying to move forward this regular season, probably with him on the roster, but still keeping him as a reserve tackle. Like, like Sala is going to let the guys that go out there and earn the starting five to be the starting five. And if Dwayne Brown comes back and, and we'll talk because Max Mitchell didn't have the best preseason game, but if there's another guy that comes up and, and earns that spot and is showing that he's willing to be out there, you know, that's, that's, he's, he's basically just telling Makai like the same stuff for months now. Like we, we need to just see it's it. Like, from do you, you. want to play? We need yeah. to see it from you now in July and August if you want to be out there in September. And Makai is kind of showing us and he's taking, you know, he takes a day off and he's being careful with his knee. It just seems like Makai is only interested in 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 being a starting tackle next season. Um, but he doesn't want to put the work in to prove that to the coaching staff. I don't, that's a negative viewpoint. I don't know if that's the full story. What do you think it is? I, I don't know. I, I 
I hope it's not that, you know, but I, I guess it makes sense. What, I mean, what about Makai's what first three seasons in the NFL make you believe no, that he's like, you know, I, I do. I do. I just, I think the Max Mitchell thing puts a, puts a, a, a wrench in the plan because Max Mitchell, who right now would be penciled in as a starter had a terrible game where then you look at Makai's reps and, and they were very, very good. Um, obviously Dwayne Brown might come back anyway, which would make it all for not, but, but yeah, I, I'm just going to be, I, I'm not ready to fully agree with you here, but I think we just need to be like very tuned in to what happens this Saturday, what happens in these next two preseason games, you know, cause, cause to me, it's just like, all right, you're back. You're healthy. Finally, you've lost all the weight. You, you say you're good. You say you're in a good spot. And then your first try to come back and play some snaps, you're done after seven. You know, it, it, maybe I'm just not not trying to see the writing on the wall that you're seeing, but I definitely do. I think it's a bad sign. I think one of the one of the more heartbreaking moments for me as like a fan of football and as someone who was one never physically gifted enough to play even beyond like a peewee football. I shouldn't have even been out there. I, I missed the third grade team because I didn't weigh enough. So like, not only was I not physically there, but not just like, I, I just, I was never going to be able to play football. The most heartbreaking thing being someone who just like loves football is realizing how many people in the NFL do not love football. There are a lot of athletes that are just six foot See, seven. They're three. No, Teddy, they say it. They're 310 pounds. I, I know. Or six I foot believe seven. you, but they I just, go and you play. hate Makai. I just don't. I don't I hate Makai. I think, I think I at his peak, think, he's one of the more talented. I don't think it's Makai being like, I'm just not it. Like, I think Makai's there and wants to do it. I think Makai wants to do it if I, it's going to pay. I think the knee shit confuses me. The knee shit is an excuse, dude. If the coaching staff says he's fine, and he's just saying, ah, oh, it feels like the coaching staff will say he's fine. The training staff says he's fine. Everybody in the world is saying he is fine to go out there and play football. He does 20 to 20. They're, they're going to put him on 20 to 25 snaps. He does seven. Look, I just think at the end of the day, he's he's still playing the game right now because he wants to make starting left tackle money. He wants to be a left tackle because they are the ones that get these $20 million a year contracts. If you're at the best of your game, he's not seeing that opportunity for himself here in the jets. That's why he is only interested in being a starting tackle. I think all things considered, like my message to Makai, if I could speak to him is like, go be a boss, right? Tackle. We said this like three times this offseason. I said, go be a beast, right? Tackle, go earn a trade to another team and make a big payday. There is their left tackle. I just, I don't think he's a, a, a guy that is like, doing this for the love of the game, which is fine. But I don't think he's also willing to show that he deserves to earn his way as the coaching staff has said he needed to do for the last three months. I think I need one more week to really see if I agree with you or not. Get another preseason game in. I, I Yeah, I, I just struggle to really think that he is, you know, like he, I, I just struggle for it to be like, oh, I pulled myself because I don't want to play because I'm not the starter. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking through rose color colored lenses, but I just don't see that. But maybe you're right, I, and maybe we see it next week, and maybe it all, it all works out that way. I, I just, just don't view it as negatively. I, I don't think Makai is. You know, I just 
don't I, think he I don't, I, I don't think he sees the value in playing in a meaningless preseason game when he's 310 pounds and has struggled to stay healthy for the first three years which is which a very valid is point a very valid point it 100 percent is but for the last three months your coach has been telling you that we need to see that you deserve the right to be on this starting offensive line and i don't think he's been willing to take every advantage of that opportunity potentially yes and, and i think where we kind of probably most disagree is in how we view Salah's comments, maybe where, you know, in your mind, when Salah says he's got to be out there and, and has got to learn to trust himself, like it, it is just Makai, maybe to Salah, it's just Makai doesn't want to go out there. And maybe I'm just siding with Makai of like, maybe he doesn't want to get hurt for the third year in a row. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I I need more. But I I see where you're coming from, and I mean, I don't totally disagree with you. But I don't know. I, I get the fact that yeah, like I get the fact of him wanting to stay healthy and be available and not you know have another you know surgery procedure where he's out for another season. But your coaching staff, like Arguing. one thing that I always respect about Salah through his entire tenure as a as a head coach for the New York Football Jets is he just tells it how it is. Like he just says it. He's not someone that just beats around the bush. And he said three months ago, he's like, we need to see Makai's willingness to earn a spot on the starting offensive line. And if Salah, if the coaching staff and the training staff who also want him to be on the field and they want him to be healthy and they say that he is healthy and uh, healthy enough to play 20 to 25 snaps and then seven snaps in they, he pulls himself that's where I see the disconnect between the coaching and the training staff and the player. Like, I think that there's something beyond just like, you know, and, and like Salah says, Salah says the, his first two words, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> like his knee is fine. He's got to build confidence and to push through whatever he might be. Yeah. I, I guess where, where I will end is I, I really, I, to me, I think that the decision to, for him to come out of the game, it, wasn't like uh i think the coaches probably took that and were like okay i get it as opposed to like all right you're fucked like that's fucked up of you i i no, they're gonna they're gonna side i with think the player but i don't I just, think they're done but with when him. it's but when yeah. it's a history of just like we've been seeing this for weeks and we've been seeing it since otas and you know we've had problems with him the seasons before i think he is just becoming a little bit of a headache for this entire organization He's a headache for me. That's definitely fair. <laughs> yeah, figure all this out. <laughs> that, and that's the other thing I think is, and we can move on from this, obviously, yeah. but there is some type of disconnect with like, like the, to me, the pulse of him, you know, and maybe it's the people I follow. Maybe it's, but to me, like when you go on Twitter, when you see the guys who are at Jets camp, it's like the hype for Makai is real. You know, so it's like, He's I'm not awesome. there every day, so I don't get to know all these things. But it's like, basically, everyone's like, get Makai in the lineup, get him starting. And then at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's all very confusing to me. I don't want to. Uh, this will be my last statement because I feel like I have been very negative on him. And this has been a, a year now of it. I want him to be the starting right tackle for the Jets this year because I think he gives them the best opportunity talent wise. But I just I think the coaches are telling you for months now that he has yet to earn a spot on the starting offensive line and and things like this don't necessarily help him out. And hopefully he's healthy. Yeah. Hopefully he, he's out there. But 
you know, it will be, that's one of those things where, you know, when we transition and talk about hard knocks later, we didn't really get much Makai talk. Like maybe that's something we hear about next week. Now that he's, maybe we get the full inside scoop about it. You know, now that we've got the post preseason where he pulled himself out after seven snaps, maybe there's some talk about him. We'll get to that story eventually, but right now it is one big, just like what the fuck is going to happen. Even just this is getting me. So like he was not talked about at all. Like they, they're for a probably, second, the the, the one clip coming. that you I'm got so of him was it. was the one clip <laughs> you got him. I think he, there was a snippet of him in practice, but the only other fraction of a second that you saw him was him was him like hold not holding up, but like he jumped up with Zach Wilson celebrating yeah, that like fifty yard play. Yeah. Like that was it. That was all you saw of him. Um, yeah, Teddy. I guess one other thing with the preseason games. Let's see. We went through the offensive line. We talked about Zach. We talked about Chaz Surratt, um, the running backs. The only other thing news wise that I think ties into this game. Um, you talked about Izzy and how he had that 11 yard scamper for the touchdown run. And he was the lead back for this team in preseason game one, Michael Carter, bam, they did not suit up. Um, for probably good reason. These are also some of the players that right now would be slated to, to be leading the running back room and especially dealing with injuries to uh, Brees Hall and wanting to ease him into this season. You want to make sure that the rest of your running back room is healthy. Um, Dalvin cook news has, has kind of died down. The buzz has slipped a little bit. Um, we didn't really see in hard knocks any no, of it. Not at all. And yeah. after they had already kind of shown some video teasing out Dalvin cook being at practice. So that's interesting. Hard knocks did put out a little bit of a clip of them doing like a Dalvin cook chant that was like teased. Yeah. out. So I wonder was... if they're not allowed to, because he, I, he's I guess not. he's not on a different team. Yeah, so exactly. maybe so it's not wouldn't apply, but it should be just fine. You know, it also the Dalvin cook buzz was really palpable at the moment when he was visiting with the jets and you, you know, you kind of thought like, Oh my God, this is going to be a done deal. Um, Obviously, nothing's happened since then. Um, and, and recent rumors have been really connecting Zeke with the Jets. Um, with that being said, I think this whole slew of veteran running backs, probably a lot of them don't mind waiting till mid late August to sign, you know, skip training camp. Yeah. If Dalvin Cook signs, it'll probably not be until later. Um, but I have no clue if the Jets are going to sign him. You know, I think that's a huge question. And to me, it's a really interesting thing because you look at, you know, our running back room and you'd say you have four guys there that you would think are pretty locks to make the roster. I'll say that in quotation, but with, you know, a fifth round draft pick and Izzy and then uh, Mike Carter and Bam Knight, along with Brees Hall, those guys all feel safe. But at the same time, with the Jets' actions, they've shown you, hey, we've been shopping running backs basically for the past month or two, you know, and consistently feeling like we need to add something there. And maybe that's just insurance for Brees. Maybe that's insurance if one of these other guys goes down and it really thins out. Um, but to me, it's, it's really interesting because it seems like they're going to sign someone. And if they do end up signing someone, even if it's not Dalvin, even if it's Zeke or, or maybe another kind of auxiliary guy, it kind of leads to that question of like what happens to this running back room, you know, because I think a lot of people, if you kind of just ask around would like to, to say, I think Michael Carter is the surprise cut here, 
But with that being said, Michael Carter has been taking all the one reps. I mean, maybe not all splitting some with Bam, but most of the one reps um, throughout all of camp doesn't suit up for the game because starters didn't suit up. Obviously, this Jets staff has film on Michael Carter, so they don't necessarily need to see him more. But to me, it, it is interesting because if you think, OK, let's say we do sign a guy, which one of these guys is kind of that last man out, you know? do you have a, a feel there? Cause to me, you have a fifth rounder. It's kind of hard to see him, you know, that he's not going to be cut. And then you have two guys in, in Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter who both kind of feel like they should be on this team, but at the same time, you can't keep everyone. Yeah, it's tough. They, there's so many different ways that it could go. And, you know, you have to consider that like they're bringing guys in. So they're looking at making additions. You make an addition. What's the corresponding move. Do you send Izzy down to the practice squad? Do you God forbid start, you know, Brees on the IR and you just say, we want to really make sure that by the, you know, cause they've been preaching, they've been preaching this entire season that they want to slow play him into the, you know, into the second part of, yeah. they want him here weeks 12 through 18 and into the playoffs. It. It's the smart way to handle it. You don't want to throw him out there week one and he's not back. And then all of a sudden he tweaks something up again and he's out. J.K. Dobbins came back at, from a really scary injury last season, had another quick one. He obviously came back again too. And, and he's got a whole different situation he's dealing with now. But, you know, do you do you start him on the IR? And that way you have the ability to bring in a Dalvin Cook or a Zeke, keep the other three guys there because the Jets kept four running backs last year. So... There's so many different options that you could go. I personally don't want to start the season with Michael Carter or Bam Knight as my RB1. I don't love that. I think the the year two dip from Michael Carter was very underwhelming. Um, I, I you know he I loved him after his rookie season. I thought he he graded out as one of like a top eight elusive running back in the league and, and just didn't look all that great last year, in my opinion. Bam had a two game surge that was really exciting. And then I think when defenses kind of just saw that he was performing, they kind of reacted to him as an actual player. And he, he dipped down at the end of the season there as well, too. And granted, the Jets as a whole took a huge step back in the second half of the season. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, I don't know. I just I, I wouldn't love the idea of rolling those guys in as my starting running backs for the start of the season. So I I, I almost lean to maybe that this is a an IR start for Brees. Maybe you can bring one of these guys in. The other thing that I I talked about, because you're, you're trying to figure out why the Dalvin Cook news is stalling. And like, why did was there just so much hype? You had all that and then just cricket sense. And now you've got Zeke popping up and they're taking a look into the market. Is there any sort of chance that the Jets are looking at these free agent running backs and just trying to sign him for half a season and cut bait once Brees Hall is back at full speed and keep the entire room that they've got with the guys currently on the roster and just swap in Brees for Cook and then ship him away or Zeke and ship him away? Like, what do you think their whole... Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting plan. concept, I guess, to think about it like that, especially when, you know, this Brees Hall situation with him coming back from the injury does you know, it, it lends itself to the fact of like, hey, we need a four to six week rental, you know, at the yeah. very least, just someone to help get us by. Um, but at the same time, it's like if you sign Zeke and feel like he's the guy who out of, you know, Zeke and Michael Carter and 
um, Bam should be getting that, you know, starter first and second down between the tackles work. Like, why would that change? I guess maybe it's just different compliments to each other where you would have Brees in that role anyway. But even that kind of leads me to like, if you think that guy's better, why not keep him and get rid of one of these other guys? You know, maybe it's a, can you shop Michael Carter and get him on a trade? Um, I don't know. I, I guess I do want to say I have a little bit more confidence in, in the running back room than you do. Um, I think right now I would lean to, I think that is good, what our running back room is going to be when we start is going to be Michael Carter and Bam as the guys. Um, I think all reports have, have said that Bam has really separated himself in, in that competition. But at the same time, Michael Carter is the guy who's been there. He's the guy with his. Um, so you never know. Looking to last year, I totally agree with you. They were both underwhelming. I mean, Zonovan had the flash in the pan game and a half and then kind of just fell off. Um, but as we've talked about plenty of times, I do think a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that, you know, we couldn't throw the ball and Zach Wilson was our quarterback and teams kind of just knew that and were able to put a lot in the box. Hopefully that opens things up. So I have some more confidence. Like I think that Zonovan as your kind of between the tackles guy and then having Michael Carter there as well, who can be shifty. Like I think that's kind of an okay duo with Izzy also working in who looked pretty good in the preseason game. Um, and if I had to bet right now, I'd probably say that's what I think is going to be the rotation at the beginning of the year. Um, but I mean, it, it, a running back signing could happen at any time between now it'll, and September 11th. It'll probably happen you know, tomorrow. Like, <laughs> probably. <laughs> since it's, it's, since this always, always does, happens since to I, us. Yeah. But so it, it, for me, this running back room is just one of the most intriguing things that's going on with this team. Cause like you look at a guy like Michael Carter and you look at like his relationship with the guys, he was a draft pick, you know, a few years ago and had a good rookie season and probably felt established and like he deserved to be the starter. But then it's like this Jets team has just consistently, consistently tried to like replace him. It feels, you know, you draft Brees the following year, you sign Bam and keep him as an undrafted rookie and end up playing him a lot. You know, when Brees is down, you go out and you try to sign Dalvin Cook. And you draft another guy in the fifth round the next year, which, you know, it's the fifth round. It's a day three pick. It's not a huge deal, but it's still something, you know, like, so to me, Michael Carter seems like a guy that maybe this coaching staff is trying to kind of like phase out. But with that being said, he's still kind of the established guy who's getting reps with the ones and twos. Um, so, so, you know, it's one of those things we're going to have to keep tabs on because really anything can happen with these four guys, especially, especially if we bring in someone like Dalvin or Zeke or really any other running back. I'm so curious what happened with the Dalvin cook stuff. Like he was saying that he was going to like, he was interviewed uh good morning football yep. that Friday before and was basically like, yeah, I'm probably going to end up signing here. Like he said that yeah. <laughs> it's I think like it's it, money. And, and I think, Looking back on it, I don't think that that, you know, the the conspiracies that people had of like, maybe Dalvin is just doing all of this to try to get a bigger payday from Miami or whatever other team he's going to sign with. I wouldn't be surprised if that's true, too. You yeah. know, I, I think when I think about the Jets and I think about Joe Douglas, I think about a GM who's not going to overpay, you know, and if he only wants to give Dalvin Cook three and a half million dollars a year, you know, I, 
I don't know if he's going to budge and maybe that's where it fell off. Or maybe, you know, Dalvin just doesn't want to sign this soon and he'll sign next week. You know, like really either could be true, but I definitely agree with you. The fact that there's no insight into that on hard knocks to me seems like a bad sign. It seems like maybe they would have included that if a deal was imminent. Right. Yeah. I just, I wonder what happened. Yeah. It could, could have that ploy because, because to go from not on the same page, I don't know if that's role or if it, it probably is money more than anything, but just weird, weird, weird stories. Um, Let's see any, God, that's going to be a real interesting position group to keep an eye on. Um, Any uh, really the, just other things that came post that preseason game before we transition everything else for the day. Uh, Strebler season is over with gone but not forgotten we'll always R. remember R. that Strap. one underthrow to uh was it w- one of our tight ends in the jags game on thursday night i forget who it was i barely remember but it was like the, it was like uh it was it was maybe like a 30 yard throw that was underthrown like it, it in stride probably could have gone for an extra 15 20 yards maybe even gotten into the end zone but it was underthrown so it was just like a just a chunk gain that was his one play that I'll always remember. Yeah, the, the Streveler game was of last year was awesome because he, he came into the game, you know, got benched. Zach Wilson gets benched. And basically just like we just ran like a, a you know, running quarterback read option, whatever offense, yep. which the team had clearly not prepared for. And so then fans immediately are like, oh, this guy's the savior when, you know, he's a perennial fourth string quarterback who will float around the league yeah he is no longer on the new york chats uh yanni kajust uh was cut former patriot that was signed a few months ago brought in grant hermans um he was most recently with the buccaneers and then homson azir dean another failed hurts another failed safety to linebacker project by robert sala (laughs) he he was yeah he you know yeah drafted as a as a safety to play linebacker um, same draft as as Jamie and Sherwood, who is, um, you know, hopefully going to be a starter this year. So we can get a win if he ends up sticking. But to me, I, I'm sad to see Nazareth even go. Um, I always kind of rooted for him and it just never really seemed like he was all that, that good. So I think that's why we cut him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's a six round pick. <laughs> and he was injured. It's just like, you know. You're not expecting much out of six rounders that often position change. You can't stay healthy. Goodbye. I think he, he, uh, it was a neck injury last week. And so he was kind of cut with an injury. So, oh yeah, I guess yeah. that makes sense. Yep. Um, Teddy, I don't know. I, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this next one to transition away. Unless there's any notes from the preseason game, the hall of fame game that we have not touched on. Nah, keep it rolling. Good. Okay. Uh, one jets drive. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't think we need to no, separate these really. So one Jets drive came out on what? Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Monday. Monday yeah. And then Hard Knocks premiered the following day on Tuesday. Yes. And I was intrigued about all this because to me, when you watch one Jets drive, I, I really do think like the past few years, it has been awesome in training camp. And it, it has felt like, you know, its own hard knocks, like a Jets produced hard knocks. And to me, it always felt very similar, um, kind of the storylines and and what it accomplishes and what it tells you about the team. You know, it gives you kind of positive storylines, but at least gives you some insight. Um, and it was very interesting when I found out they were going to be doing both still, because I, w- I was a little bit like, 
you know, is this going to limit what one just drive can now talk about? Um, and truthfully, I mean, I, I watched the first episode and I was very disappointed. And I think that, that, um, opinions vary on this, which is interesting, but to me, all one jets drive was, was, you know, some clips that we had seen before and then some, you know, cool slow-mo shots of, of some training camp highlights and, you know, a bunch of fluff and a bunch of nothing. And I do wonder if maybe they have some like lack of access because hard knocks gets dibs on the good stories, or if maybe it's just like, it was a first episode, it was an intro kind of recapping everything and, and it'll get better. But like, it was 40 minutes, which really isn't all that long. And by like 30, I was like, I, I just am excited for this to be over. Like, I was so bored. Did you like it? It was it was so underwhelming. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. surprised to hear you even say that there was differing opinions. I haven't been on Jets Twitter, like looking at everybody's reactions to one Jets drive. But like, I say, if, if you were just like on social media, following the Jets over the last three months, they put it in a 40 minute video. You, you, they right. put it in a 40 minute video for you. <laughs> like that. You just got to watch it again. It you got to watch even, your Twitter feed for the last three months. It wasn't even those moments, you know, with different camera angles and maybe a few more lines. The like it clips. was just the videos that went viral over the past two months put into an episode like that. Uh, that's what it really was to me. Like I had seen 90% of it. What, what I will say, I didn't get to get see much of on Twitter. Maybe I just missed it, but like I did the Quinn and stuff talking with his wife and, and his daughter there, no, that part, sure. and that if, part. Yes. Yes. That was cool to get but a little to insight. Me, like the family talks are already the most boring part, you know, like I want to say <laughs> football are. and they didn't give me any new, new things, you know? So it, it was a disappointment for me. Like, like you said, I, I hope it was just the introduction and it gets a little bit juiced up, but it's at the same time, here's what I'm, cause we're going to compare it to hard knocks. And I, I was so excited to watch it in the first 10 minutes. I had a, the biggest smile on my face. Cause it was just Aaron yes, Rodgers like agreed. jerk off fest. But I thought of it as well too, is like, and I get that they've done a great job in years before and, and even, you know, flight 23, flight 22 is all fun. Is like at the end of the day, like if you asked HBO to put together a football organization, they, you know, the jets would beat them, you know, 120 to zero. So it's one, you know, we're comparing the quality of these things. Like, you know, I, it was, it was pretty boring no, in comparison. I do. I do. Yeah. That's fair to say you're comparing, but one jet drive has been phenomenal. No, it, like has. it has. It and has. And I think the one thing we're going to compare this, the one thing we forget is that one jets drive is going to get to continue because they do one jet drive throughout the season as well. So like that will obviously be cool and, and will give us insight. But like this first episode to me was just not it. And, and I'm excited to talk about hard knocks because that's where I think it was actually really fun and really got me going. One thing I'll say as well, too, now that I'm thinking about it, Flight 23, we got some fun Aaron Rodgers stuff out of that. Like Flight 23 this year, we had the, a few like interviews with Aaron Rodgers when he arrived yeah, at the, the organization. Like off, off season. Yes, yes. So that was kind of like to the be off fair, episode. That's almost kind of like those were almost the juicier parts than what we got in this. So maybe I should be a little bit more hopeful for the next few weeks. Cause like, but were they just going to reshow those same interview clips that they used in flight 23? Like, you know, it's, right. it was a little, no, definitely not. I, yeah. I don't know. To me, it was just like, it was just a lot of just like 
music and slow motion <laughs> yeah. plays yeah. like of the ball yeah. flying there, which is yeah. cool and gets you going and is like good sometimes. But to me, that's all it was. Right. I don't know. The, I'll and tell you what. Hard Knocks came out and that got me going. Oh, yeah. Talk about talk about some slow motion throws or even just watching Aaron Rodgers flick his wrist. Like for some yeah. reason, the way HBO put that out there, I was fucking that into song, it, dude. That's I was dude, the hard knock song. It goes so into hard. it. Um, I, I, I'm just going to dive in here. I don't know if you have Go anything to, to start us with, but we had had our kind of predictions episode um, a few a few weeks ago. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to dig them all up, but <laughs> Like every year, I'm sure anyone could have said this, like every year, um, you know, opened with the the coaching coaches speech, like they had the little Jets Super Bowl run, but then it was the coaches speech, which was awesome, by the way, Robert Sala talking about, you know, crows and ravens and and suffocating each other and whatnot. Great speech. Um, but I thought Great that speech. was just, you know, I was like, hey, I knew that's how it was going to start. Um, also, I just want to say this quick. What do you what do you got? Nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, also the I was very curious whether they were going to mention nobody want like the Jets not wanting to do hard knocks. Yeah. The, and the yeah, way they cool. did it in the beginning was hilarious because they they just kind of like vaguely were like. They like vaguely said like, um like oh people are worried about the distraction or something and but they didn't really say it but they just kind of like had an homage to it um and then obviously later with rogers and uh leave schreiber or whatever yeah. the voice of god they did yeah. talk about it then but that so i thought cool. that was cool of hard knocks to at least bring it up a little because it felt like it was like are you really just gonna not say that this happened yeah um but at the same time they, they you know they hit it pretty well it was really cool seeing them break the fourth wall in in this hard knocks because you yeah. you really it was always just very but then even Aaron Rodgers having the quotes about leave and you know you knew they were going to do something with it so that was cool to see. Um I have our our storylines draft uh topics pulled up and they hit, you know, Denzel Mims was my one that I just I unfortunately won't get uh RIP to the yeah, king. Yeah, and but... to be fair, you know, we have more episodes to go. So if we haven't gotten them all Mine are done. But My list is done. Most My yeah? list All is right. done. It was Aaron freaking Rogers, the rookies of the year, and uh, Nathaniel yeah. Hackett redemption. Well, those three go. done. And there you uh, go. All, literally, those were three of the story. Yeah, like you nailed it. And then you've got uh, yours are all still coming. Quincy and Quinnen, that'll be there. They'll do a whole thing. Yeah, they kind of did it. Or that might have been one Jets drive. That was one Jets drive. Yeah. Uh, Makai. They'll get to that at some point. Maybe. Or um, they'll yeah, ignore it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got a little, not really, the Glory Jets days, uh, Glory Day Jets resurfacing. Yeah, we had the Hall of Fame game. Hall of Fame uh, game, but we haven't but seen there's you yet specifically. To be a media day. I'm yeah, I was going to say, you specifically day. mentioned Sanchez and Mangold. Like, you talked there's about those guys. There's always the day. Too. And I hope it hasn't already happened, but like, there's always, like, Brandon Marshall goes out, you know, because yeah. he's on the I Am Athlete podcast and, 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 uh, fucking, Nick Mangold and Sanchez, like hopefully all these guys get out there sometime in the next couple of weeks. And then your fourth and final one they did touch on as well too is Zach Wilson. What's up? So yeah, yeah they did hit on that. So we'll, we'll keep our time. The rest that. of yours will definitely get going, but yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah. I guess we can just jump into it uh, to me. I mean, the first things that they talked about, which, which I want to talk about, obviously Robert Salas speech, 
Um, I want to talk about the Jets motto for the year, which is now what, which I love. I always love, I mean, we did that in my D3 college football, the NFL teams do it. Like every team has to pick like a yearly, you know, kind of like saying. I thought it was all gas, no breaks. I, I think that was last year. That was last no, but year. That's, that's on all of their gear this year. Well, it's I'm sure on, they like, still do on... it, but if you look on like the wall and shit, it says now what in big, in big. And that he was had his... a presentation and... that said all gas, no brakes. He probably doesn't both, but I'm telling you, it's now what did, did you hear the speech? Did you hear his speech? Yeah. Yeah. He, I heard a speech. He, he was saying, you know, you finish your game, you have a rep. Yeah. You now, lift. What? now what? Now what? Um, so I love that. I love that mindset because. Like we said at the beginning of this episode, I mean, the Jets have unreal hype around them. And yeah. I think Robert Sala is, with that speech and everything he said, to me seems like the perfect guy to really keep these guys grounded and say, hey, we haven't won anything yet. Like, we have not won anything yet. Um, and I think that also reflected in Aaron Rodgers. You saw a lot of people going up and introducing themselves to Aaron Rodgers throughout this episode. A lot of fans, a lot of celebrities. And... A lot of time, you know, you hear people, you, you're making Jets fans really happy. And we're so excited you're here. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, was gracious enough. But at the same time, he like a few times he said, got to play some games first. Yeah, yeah, well, hopefully we can go out and get some wins. Like this team definitely needs to stay locked in and realize like, hey, we can't get ahead of ourselves. We have the talent to be great, but we need to put in the work. And, you know, right with this first speech, like I feel like, Robert Sala is the guy that that I can trust to make that happen and make sure that, you know, these guys aren't slacking and just feeling like we already want it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he's, he was the, he's a perfect hire. You know, I know at the time, you know, cause he was in that same coaching searches like Dan Campbell, who's also a really great dude, but you know, Going from Adam Gase, a guy that wasn't really a hoorah-rah guy, um, and, and you know, there, there needed to be a culture shock, a, a complete upheaval, and he came in as the opposite of that, and he has just preached the same stuff since day one. Um, he really is the, the perfect head coach for a young team like this um, that has a lot of expectations, that has a lot of talent. Like, he's the guy to keep them all reined in, especially now paired up with, you know, uh, basically not another head coach, but basically like another offensive coach playing quarterback who's been around for 20 years, who wants to chase another title, but understands that, like you were saying, Rogers throughout the episode saying like, hey, we got to play some games first. Like both of them are essentially like the leaders of this team. And, and to, you know, head coach and quarterback are two of the most important things you can have out there. And the Jets have really good uh, ones at both. Speech was fantastic. I love the story behind it learning about crows attacking the Eagles and how the Eagles fend them off. Like I, I just, you know, he's, 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 he's such a good fit as a head coach and it can be hard to find them at times. And, and it's not going to be, you know, it, it's hard to sustain success as a head coach in the NFL. Um, you have to be like, you know, Reed or Belichick to really keep yourselves, you know, along for decades and decades. But um, seems right now that the jets finally have a really strong option here um, leading this team. Definitely. Then they, so, so then they immediately get into our boys, the rookie of the years, the guys that you. You're skipping over like 10 minutes of Aaron Rodgers dick sucking. 
Well, sure. Yeah, but I'm Dude. talking about the good stuff. We know no, they suck this there. This is the yeah. good stuff. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? This is the good well, stuff. That was what got okay, me. Okay, all right. I fucking had a smile on my face. I was so fucking amped in I this mean, episode so did Aaron Rodgers. So did I. You know, like I said, I'm I I'm slowly just transforming myself into a Jets fan because we do yeah, this. It's so it. much fun. But I have been just like in love with Aaron Rodgers for the last decade. Like, and, and he gets such a bad rap. And I know he's a, he's a crazy guy that does psychedelics and he might lean a little bit conservative and he doesn't have the best relationship with his family. Like his public life. They all, people have opinions on one. One of the players on defense said it, it was a quote was like, man, I don't care what they say about Aaron Rodgers on TV. He's a dude. Like I've just, it's been so nice to see him get all this love from hard knocks. Like there's like, I've seen tweets, a trending tweet. It was like, is Aaron Rodgers likable? And it's like, right. yes, yes. Dude, he is like, he's such a cool dude. I know people love to freak out about some of his behaviors off the field, but like he's a gamer. And just to see every player on the team, just like be obsessed with him to see Robert Sala fucking gush over him, making yeah. these insane throws, the defense they're in Albrecht. They're watching that throw at go. the end oh, and go. it goes That's across right the field. Fucking so this touchdown. is when, this is, this is when, uh, cause you're right. I, it, they did do a good job of showing like, like Aaron Rodgers goes out for his first practice and gets a standing ovation and they start chanting Aaron Rodgers. And he goes up to Zach Wilson and, and he's like, oh, you guys, you guys aren't used to this yet, huh? Like <laughs> that, the, the way, and, you know, <clears throat> players on the team, obviously they don't all know each other as well as we just assume they do. They're introducing themselves to him, telling him, hey, man, I, you got drafted when I was seven. Yeah, and, Nicole. And Miko, yeah. And, and so all these things. And then, yeah, exactly that. Hilarious to me that the defensive coach, is having like a five minute monologue to his, and it's a good point. He's saying, yeah. Hey guys, we're going to be in these games, but he's just showing them this unreal throw that Aaron Rodgers makes in practice. That's when you really realize that like the hype is real is like when the defensive coordinator is showing the defense Aaron Rodgers highlights. They show the throw in like a slow-mo and the entire defense, you see them all in the room and they all just, they turn their heads and they right. look at each other and they're just like, what the fuck is this? Cause that was the gate. That was like the final play that decided the practice. The defense had to do 20 pushups as a result of that play. And it was just like, Hey, sometimes, you know, and, and the, uh, uh, one of the defense, I love coaches, that maybe it was sacked him anyway. Yeah. 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 And, um, that's the most classic like practice offense versus defense. Like, Oh, we got him down. We'll give you the win, but we got him down, you know, like, right. Uh, Robert Sala talking yeah. to DJ Reed after that uh, Garrett Wilson toe tap touchdown. He's like, sometimes one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game just puts it in a spot that you can't reach. Like he just like everybody understands yep. like how great it is to have this guy around. Um, so yes, before they got into the rookies of the year, they sucked this dude's dick for the entire episode. And I couldn't get enough of it. It was it. I just. Yeah, and that was another complaint that i saw from like jets people is like oh i wish we talked about more stuff than rogers i don't think it's like this is for everyone you know this had more views than fucking it was up 13 percent. it was up 13 percent than the last year's Um, debut dude it's the reason that hard knocks is in new york right exactly (laughs) and especially episode one like they're grabbing people and this is just while we're on this and, and what we can talk about more specifically the um rookies of the year Blake and I kind of discussed you know 
it seemed like Hard Knocks was going to have less access. The Jets said that they didn't want to, you know, show players being cut and things like that. And obviously it's week one. So a lot of that hasn't happened yet. Um, But just an interesting kind of like side by side. When we talked about the Hard Knocks storylines, I had just recently rewatched the Jets Hard Knocks from 2010. And I took note of it. It was 13 minutes and 49 seconds into the episode is when they started talking about fringe players. Yeah. Like in players that weren't necessarily the stars and weren't necessarily going to, you know, make the team. And then in this episode of Hard Knocks, it took all the way until there were eight minutes left in the in the episode and we were in the Hall of Fame game and they were talking about Chaz Surratt, who, let me tell you, seems like he's going to make the team so right. far based on what's happened. Um, so I think right there, that's a really interesting kind of like difference already is that they they are they at least in episode one really focused on you know the top guys which obviously that's what we're here for and that's kind of their selling points but it'll be interesting to see you know do they kind of fall back and focus a lot on these roster fringe players or do they kind of just continue to say hey we'll just keep highlighting these studs and kind of do things that way um with that, I also think there wasn't a whole lot of Robert Sala, it seemed. I don't know if there will be, or I don't know if he just kind of prefers to, hey, try to do as much as you can without me. You know, I don't know. But there didn't seem to be a whole ton of access to him as opposed to just scenes of him, you know, during practice or, or you know, in a meeting or whatever. But not a lot of just like straight up Sala with the cameras, it seemed to me. Yeah, there was, you know, there was like quick snippets talking about Wilson. He talked about Rogers for a little bit. I would like, you know, as we continue on to storylines, you know, I'd I'd love to get, you know, Salah's, you know, you know, talking about his tenure with the Jets so far, talking about last season, um, you know, embracing this this role here. I I think that would be a storyline I would really hope to see. But you're right. There were just a few quick snippets of him. You had the big speech in the beginning, which is, you know, just like how every hard knock starts. But. Yeah, that's a good point. You want to hear more from him. There's got to be more. You're going to go more player. I really don't think they'll talk all that much about fringe guys that get cut. You know, maybe they go to like a CJ Mosley story or they spend some time with fucking Randall Cobb. Like there are a lot of names that they can go with yeah. and just like do more fluff. Um, it, the the thing that will decide to me how much access they were allowed is if we get a Makai story. Like if we get any talk with Makai, then I know that the Jets gave it and gave him a lot more access. And there's got to be something like, I feel like they won't completely, but yeah, you're right. And it'll be like how, what they dive into, how they dive into it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, they'll mention it at least, but yeah, I think you're totally right there. Um, And, and, you know, it's interesting to kind of keep your tabs on. And then you have, you know, the voice of God as Aaron Rodgers calls and leave Schreiber who. (laughs) <laughs> flying on a helicopter who as you said they then break the fourth wall and he says the producers made him do that because they thought it would be a, a good entrance but that was definitely hilarious so um i really enjoyed you know kind of what you were saying about aaron Rodgers and how everyone has been like listen this dude is not the dude that he's portrayed as you know and obviously like whatever he knows there's cameras around but by all accounts it seems like he is just being a really good dude like the way he acted where he immediately introduced himself 
And then he's going to tell his other quarterbacks to go introduce themselves to him, telling Nathaniel, hey, he's nervous. Go be nice to him. Like, like all that little stuff was cool to see. Um, and to see him kind of go out of his way to kind of show respect and make him feel comfortable. And I also thought it was interesting, you know, Leave asked him straight up. He's like, why does no one want to do it? And, um, you know, Rogers kind of says like, oh, you know, distraction or whatever. But he's like, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've always had, uh, I've always had positive experiences with it. And it's like, all right. I mean, you were also coming out against it in the things you were saying, Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I did think that was kind of funny that the way he said that at the same time, I, I think it's easy to just, oh, my coach said we're not going to want to do it. We're not going to want to do it, you know, until you're forced to. And then I don't know. I think it's Aaron Rodgers is just being a really good guy a lot. And I'm happy he, about that. Yeah. I think he is a good guy. Yeah. I don't know no, why, I'm with I, don't, I don't know why I'm his family him. doesn't like him, but. Yeah. I don't know much about his family other than that his brother was on The Bachelor, but I, yeah. I, I don't. I didn't like watch it. Like I don't know anything. He's about he's all that. he is. Uh, he's he doesn't communicate with them. They all communicate. No, I know that. Family, yes, but... I know. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is strange. Yeah. Yep. Oh well. Um, I I interrupted you. I wanted to talk Aaron Rodgers because they did start it and they did do it throughout the entire episode. Uh, rookies of the year. Oh yeah. Where did, I where mean, did I, that go with you? To circle things back awesome. to that. Yeah. If you go watch that scene where they're talking about Garrett Wilson and sauce Gardner. I mean, both of these guys, you can tell, you know, number one are just like elite talents on the field when you watch them, but both of them, when you see the way that they interact and you see the way they talk about football and you see the way they talk about, you know, how lucky and how excited they are to get to go up against each other in camp every day. Like to me, this has, they have the character, they have the drive, they have like the focus, they have the talent. Like to me, both of these guys have absolutely everything that they need to skyrocket and be stars in this league, you know, and the pressure's on both of them because there's absolutely no reason they shouldn't perform. Um, but if you just watch whatever, you know, that six minute montage or whatever of them going up against each other and like nothing will get you more hyped for the season than that. In and my then opinion. seeing yeah. them in between the plays teach each other, like, this is what I'm looking yep. for when you make this move. And like, kind of they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're bringing the, I also, like Sal said, they're going to make each other great. Like they are. Yeah. And I love that they dap up before reps and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is just awesome. The, having the two of them and seeing them actually be able to just go against each other and know, like, like knowing that Garrett Wilson gets to go up against arguably the best corner in the league every day. Yeah is only makes me more confident that he can be a top five guy, you know, like the confidence for these guys is through the roof in my opinion. Yeah. And it should be, um, seeing Garrett talk, uh, in, in his, in his, uh, car ride, talk about the experience of what he wants to take away from this time with Aaron Rodgers. He, he, you know, making the most of like, I don't know how long this window is going to be, but while it's here, like I am <laughs> going to absorb as much information as I can from him. Sauce going off to college, finishing a degree, really cool. Get to see the personal side of him, get some family attention in there as well, too. I know those are the 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 boring parts of it, but it's cool to see their their lives outside of football as well, too. It was a promise. Sure. It wasn't even – it was something that he promised his mom. His mom would only let him leave college early um, and go to the NFL if he finished his degree. And he, he did it pretty quickly after, so good for him on that. Yeah, good for him, definitely. 
Um, did, did you see uh and then he like sits down at the graduation and the guy in front of him introduces himself i'm a jets fan <laughs> so i yeah. was like that's me i'm also yeah. a jets fan. <laughs> um yeah i don't know how much else i have about yeah. this but uh, a few things so so you know they finally get into the the hall of fame game at the end mm-hmm. and if anyone watched the hall of fame game and the ceremony before and you know that demarcus Ware. Yeah. got inducted in, and then sang the the national anthem you know yeah. which is just like it in the moment in the hall of fame game i was like demarcus Ware is doing this you know and he sang out of tune and it wasn't the best but but to me it's just one of those things it's like it's like that guy wanted to go and sing the national anthem and it was go better than it, and right? it's better than you would expect demarcus Ware. it wasn't like it was like no it wasn't perfect but like it wasn't it wasn't bad. Like it wasn't great, mm-hmm. but from it was, a, but, it was something, no, but, but from like, <laughs> from a football player, like you wouldn't like, there no, are yes. some like Justin Tucker is fucking, you know, a choir boy in the off season. Like he legitimately, he's like in, in the opera, but I don't know, DeMarcus Ware, who has been mauling heads for two no, no, decades. No, you don't you. expect him yes. to have like the ability to go out there. It wasn't great, but it, I, I just <laughs> think like, I give, I give him a lot of props for that. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Yes, I give him props and I'm happy he did it. And I'm, I think it's cool. I do think it's like, did you have to do him like that hard knocks? Like, did you have to put it in? Like, maybe just don't put that in, you know, and then they got then they got Aaron Rodgers laughing. It, 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 it was, you know, it was just a very funny scene of like showing, oh, DeMarcus Ware is going to sing because, you know, like we experienced that in our living rooms of like, wait, DeMarcus Ware. And then it's like, oh, OK. And then it's like, yeah, you know, he doesn't sound the best, but, you know, it's DeMarcus Ware, the Hall of Famer. Like, w- what did we expect? And then right. you get to see, like, Aaron Rodgers have that exact same reaction, you is know, it, oh, and shit, just, like, laugh this? about it. It, it, it. it was just a really funny moment to me. Um, I just wrote – I was taking notes throughout, and I just wrote, they did not have to do that to DeMarcus Ware. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, then the only other thing I really want to talk about, which we already kind of touched on was then you know they bring up Chaz Surratt who like I said before really had a good game stood out when you just watched the game was making a lot of plays um and he'll be someone exciting to follow but but other than that I mean I feel like we nailed it what else do you got oh Nathaniel Hackett my boy oh shit dude good time Nathaniel for Hackett it's cool I'm in on him for sure Fun dude. he seems like my type of guy I I just I, he's 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 great you know, you hear Rogers describing the relationship with Nathaniel Hackett, and then you see him out on the field joking around, but then he's also fired up. Like he, I, what I got out of the the clips that we got of him on the field is I understand why him and Russell Wilson didn't mesh well together. Like Russell is True. so corny and like artificial. And I think that Nathaniel Hackett just comes off as just like an organically, just like weird dude. I can see how the head coach quarterback combo just didn't really work right, there. Didn't really work there. Um, but yeah, watching them even just in the games, you know, playing where they're throwing uh, the they're they're doing the throwing competition with the pylons and they're getting each other's head and Rogers hits him with a Sean Payton as he's throwing yep. and they're just yep. like he's just he's he's not for everyone. It didn't go well as a head coach, but like I've said, since he was brought in, like I think he is a damned good offensive coordinator and um and I think, you know, I, I what I kind of liked about it and what I was thinking about while watching Hard Knocks is uh, it's been a tough theme in the NFL the last few years when you're a defensive-minded head coach 
And if you have a really good offensive coordinator, you keep losing them because of how poorly his first head coaching experience went in Denver. Nathaniel Hackett could right. stick around in New York for several, several years, you know, say beyond the Rogers years and maybe into maybe he's bringing Zach Wilson and carrying him through with the continuity, like wherever that goes. Like, I don't think the Jets have to worry about losing Nathaniel Hackett because of how poorly it went, but he's a damn good offensive coordinator and and he'll he'll do a good job for this team. Yeah, I believe in him. And I it's definitely interesting, the dynamic between him and Rogers, like being such good friends, you know, They're boys. From a guy who's only played, you know, high school and college football, it's like you always your coaches are kind of like your bosses, you know, and then in the NFL, it's really not like that, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is a heck of a lot more important in the Jets organization than Nathaniel Hackett is, you know what I'm saying? Rogers credits I know I know Matt LaFleur in Green Bay is a really good head coach but Rogers basically gives all of the success for those back-to-back MVPs and puts it on Nathaniel Hackett and then being able to really you know fine-tune what Aaron Rodgers likes and what makes like Aaron Rodgers before that offensive coaching staff came in was kind of on a little bit of a decline you know right at the end of the McCarthy tenure like he wasn't playing his best ball Nathaniel Hackett and Matt LaFleur come in here and it's MVP, MVP. Nathaniel Hackett leaves another little bit of a step back last year for Aaron Rodgers. So now you've got these two back together again. I don't know. I uh, And you have a guy who's going to – the best thing for me is that he's just going to let Aaron be Aaron and do what he wants to do, you know, and it's like – you're Aaron Rodgers. Like, go ahead and and decide which plays we're going to run. You know what I mean? Like, I'm all in on that. So, so yeah, I – I think that Nathaniel Hackett is going to be a fun guy to watch on the sideline as well. And I think oh, when you're yeah. a head coach, you don't really get to act like that. I mean, even Sala, you know, who was the king of being hyped on the sideline, now stays more reserved. I think Nathaniel Hackett, if this Jets offense starts humming, we're going to see running around, smiling, jumping up and down with the boys. You know what it really reminds really yeah, you know what it reminds – I might have said this too when he was first hired months ago, so I'm repeating myself, but, you know, Brady's first year in Tampa, through the first six or seven weeks, he was running Bruce Arians' offense. Like, Arians yes. was saying, this is what we're doing. And it wasn't going well. They started off kind of slow. And about, like, week nine or ten, they switched to what Tom Brady wanted, and sure as shit, they go on and they win the Super Bowl that year. It's like, just let the quarterback who's really fucking good – do what he knows right. is going to do well on the football field. And that's what seemed to have worked with him and Hackett those two years. So yeah, gonna, gonna be good. He's got the weapons. Hopefully he's got an offensive line and a good run game. The defense is going to be great. What's I, I it's, it was a great, I loved it. I, you know, I, I, I'm sure I loved it just because it was, you know, the jets, you know, and, and we get to come here and talk about it the next day, but like, I'm really excited to watch the rest of this hard knock season because I oh I, yeah, there's a lot of great Me stuff too. to get into. And honestly, I, I hope, you know, if we my biggest complaint with hard knocks has always been, you know, like I I don't really care about these fringe players, you know, that they talk about in the third, fourth, fifth episodes. Like it will be fun if they kind of avoid that and the story really just is about this team and what's going on. Um but, you know, like always, there are training camp battles. There are people fighting for roster spots. There are. So, like, that's obviously all going to be happening as well. Um, so it's going to be really fun. We have, you know, another preseason game coming up in three days on Saturday. Blake and I both have a wedding at the exact same time. But, you birthday. know, we'll obviously catch up on that and watch the game. Also, Blake's birthday. That's going to be a blast. Um, 
you know, and then we get hard knocks again on Tuesday and that's right. Right. It's going to keep me in Tuesdays. Yep. Is yeah, that yeah. correct? Yep. Yeah. So we'll be back. Jets fans keep enjoying it. Cause this, it, it, everyone's been calling this the summer of content, but it really is crazy. Like just how much access, like, like the Jets, as much as they can say like, Hey, we want to keep, you know, the hype train and the media train down. Like it has never been stronger than it is right now. And the amount of you turn on NFL network and it's talking about the jets and it's talking about Aaron Rodgers And like, like that's a huge thing people are interested in. So like Silas said, now what we got that big target on our back and we just got to keep it rolling. Now what? And we'll keep it rolling next week. Recorded from New York as well too. Both of us will be in New York next week recording. Oh, so yeah. great, great show there. I have to figure that one out, but We'll keep on rolling. The Jets will keep on rolling. And uh, we're just a few weeks away. We're just a little under a month away from the Jets' first regular season action against the Buffalo Bills. Man, that's going to be such a fucking environment. Ooh. I know. <laughs> it kills me that it's on, that we're going to have to wait, that it's on a moment. That extra day. But yeah. I, it's exciting. But it, oh, it's super exciting. It kills me. But, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something, man. It's a big deal big deal all right well thank you all so much for listening to another episode of chasing 1969 make sure to follow us on twitter at nyj underscore chasing 69 same as the youtube teddy at teddy hunt show i am at spring blake with four a's we'll be back next week we love you we appreciate you and we'll talk to you then peace